So there's this um, story. There's about a public school's news newsletter that was published uh, in, in an article some time ago, and it was a parable, really, of a um, frustration in a Christian home in the body of Christ. So um, it's kind of a cute little story. Once upon a time, the animals decided they they should do something meaningful to meet the problems of the new world. So they organized a school. They adopted an, an activity curriculum of running, climbing, swimming, and flying. To make it easier to administer the curriculum, all the animals took all the, all the subjects. The duck was excellent in swimming. In fact, better than his instructor, but he made only passing grades in flying and was very poor in running. Since he was slow in running, he had to drop swimming and stay after school to practice running. That caused his webbed feet to be badly worn so that he was only average in swimming. But average was quite acceptable, so nobody worried about that except the duck. The rabbit started at the top of his class in running, but developed a nervous twitch in his leg muscles because of so much makeup work in swimming. The squirrel was excellent in climbing, but he encountered constant frustration in flying class because he, his teacher made him start from the ground up instead of from the treetop down. He developed charley horses from overexertion and so only got a C in climbing and a D in running. The eagle was a, uh, the eagle was a problem child, was severely disciplined for being a nonconformist, in climbing classes, he beat all the others to the top of the tree, but insisted on using his own way to get there. The obvious moral of the story is, simple, is a simple one. Each creature has its own set of capabilities in which it will naturally excel unless it is expected or forced to fit a mold that doesn't fit. What is true of creatures in the forest is true of Christians in the family. God has made us all, God has not made us all the same. It's okay to be yourself, so relax. Enjoy your capabilities, cultivate your own style, appreciate the members of your family or your fellowship for what they are, even though their outlook or style may be miles different from yours. Rabbits don't fly, eagles don't swim, ducks look funny trying to climb, squirrels don't have feathers. Stop comparing. So, kind of a cute little way of looking at, oh, you know, wish I could do what they do. You know, trying to be someone you're not. Comparing to others. You are who you are in God. And you are the only one that can be you. Our former district superintendent used to say, I, what did he say? If you're like me, and I know I am, right? You know, you, you know who you are. And people are, uh, are a blessing. We, we need each other. The family of God is meant to be uh, equipping and giving and contributing and working on it as a team. Uh, where one falls, the other one picks up the... We fill in. We keep others' backs. We we are loyal to one another. That that's the that's the heartbeat of God. And so, Vern is a a teacher. 
on Wednesday nights. And if you can get out here at 6 o'clock, uh, 6.30 actually, it's a blessing. And we're going through Genesis. Wow, what a, what a lot of stuff in Genesis. And so, good stuff. Everyone has something. Someone said everyone's good for something. Now you may wonder, well, what, what, what am I good at? What am I good at? Well, what do you enjoy to do? What, what gives you energy? You can fill in the blank. What, what kind of gets you fired up? And what gets you a little upset about things? You want to do something about it. You want to make a difference. So God is working by his spirit. God is raising up young leaders today. This nation is not forsaken. We may be persecuted. We may be struck down. We may be, we may be hitting blows. When we, we read in First John, there's a spirit of an antichrist. That's being anti-God. That's being against the truth. That's being against what Jesus taught us, what he, taught, what he teaches us in his word. The devil is riled up. He's, he's, he's disturbed by what God is doing. And he wants to counteract if he can. He wants to distract. He wants to interfere. Well, we look at First John. We're back in it here, the day, here from last Sunday. We were in the second chapter. We dealt with a little bit about ourselves being overcomers. And if we are overcomers through Jesus Christ, we are overcomers. Uh, he, he wrote about that the young people, he commended them, he encouraged that they overcame because of the word of God in them. And so we're going to be overcomers. We're going to overcome through what is written. Amen? When Jesus was, was, was uh, tempted or tested by the devil, what did he say? It is written. But the devil will be trying to be sly and try to put part of truth and mix it and twist it. And so let's be aware. Let's not be a caught-off guard. Let's be students of the Word. Encourage you to read your Bible. Read a, uh, If you don't have a Bible, we can find a Bible here for you, and that will help you. So verse 18 of the second uh, chapter reads, Children, it is the last hour. It was the last hour then when this was written. How close, how much closer it is the last hour. And so with God, there is this expectancy. I think that every generation needs to live with this expectancy that he could come the very moment today. He could come before this day is over. Or if he doesn't come, we are going to live like he's coming very soon. I think that's an attitude. I think that's something that the church needs to uh, renew from time to time. Why do we do what we do? What is the urgency? What is the point? Of, of helping missionaries. What is it that what God has commanded? He it's his heartbeat to go into all the nations and make disciples. So God gets excited when we we participate. We're not to be sitting idling by on the rooftop waiting for him to come. But he said, "Occupy until I come." You go about you. You go. You dedicate yourself. You have your workplace. You have your home. You have. You dedicate yourself. You're faithful to your husband, to your wife. You dedicate yourself to your kids, to your grandkids. You are going to stand encouraging them. So number one, um, in order to be ready, 
I must abide in him. We find in verse 28 of the second chapter that, and now little children, how he notice how he addresses the believers, the readers as little children. Little children. That's something I think that we need to connect with God. We are like little children. Unless you become like a child. Unless you become childlike accepting. That when he appears, we may have confidence to not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone also who practices righteousness is born of him. See how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God, and such we are for this reason the world does not know us because it does not know him, beloved. Now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we shall be. We know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Because we shall see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. How many have ever wanted to see God? Oh, my word, it's just wonderful. I've never saw God. I've never seen God. But I've seen his handiwork. I've seen his, I've sensed his presence. You know somebody in the Bible who wanted to see God? Remember Moses? Isn't it interesting when you read about Moses? He was on the mount for 40 days with God, face to face and well behind the cloud. God did not show himself his fullness. It was actually the mercy of God that didn't show his fullness. Because we cannot live in the presence of God. Did you know that? Right now, in this body, we could not live. But God made a deal with Moses, and Moses was saying, show me thy glory. You see, when you taste of God, what is it? What you, it leaves you wanting more. It, if you're wondering if you're ever going to get bored in heaven, it's not going to happen. Never get bored in heaven. You'll never be, it'll be always something Fresh and new. God is God. His mercies are new every morning. So God says to, to Moses, here's what I'll do. You go over to that rock right there, and I'm going to pass by. I'm only going to show you my back. My back. And, and he passed by, and he said, I will cover you in the cleft of the rock. Look, look, at, the, look at the symbolic there. Look at the symbolism. Look at, look at the types Explore the types. When I say types of uh, symbols in, in the Old Testament, that reflect the Jesus. And so that rock is a type of Christ. Why? Why do you say that? Well, Jesus said, I will build my church upon this rock. Referring to Peter. Peter Petra means rock, but he was referring to the expression of Peter's faith. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. When Moses spoke to the rock the first time the water came out, you see Christ throughout the Old Testament. Jesus has always been. Jesus was in the beginning. He was with God. He was the Word. 
and the word was with God. The word is God. He, he is coming, and he will fulfill his word. So Moses was blessed. But yet you see a weakness in Moses. He could not control. Sometimes his anger got the best of him. Sometimes his temper. But God was using him, showing himself. Listen, God doesn't use perfect people. He chooses us, and then he changes us, and he uses us in spite of our imperfections. Look at, you are created for his sake. You are created to live with him forever. The day is going to come when you're never going to be sick again. You're never going to feel the pain again in your body. You're never going to be uh, uh, weary. You're never going to be uh, feeling depressed or discouraged. That joy will be constant. It will be heaven, heaven, heaven. It will be, you will be like him. Now, when you say you will be like him, that we will not be God. We will be like him. We will have an eternal body. A heavenly body. A body that will live forever. A body that will be able to stand in the presence of God and be who we are created. He's created for us to be uh, forever with him. And so with that in mind, he said, everyone who has his hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. In other words, I must be preparing and living with expectancy and looking and waiting one and one day he will come i want to be ready and so how has that happened we must abide in him abiding in him john chapter 15 describes a whole uh chapter on the branches and the vine how that the vine is is the law we are the branches we are abiding in him where do we draw our strength where do you and i we must draw from the lord himself we must be connected to him in order to walk what uh, what he has asked of us. He, what, in, in other words, I can only do the arm. I woke up this morning thinking, like, the arm of the flesh will fail you. That, that, that thought, that, that truth, the arm of the flesh. And for whatever reason, then when I got to my Bible reading this morning, I read about a king in Second Chronicles that, that he was referring to uh, an enemy king, another, another nation, said they are only leaning on the arm of the flesh. So in, in this whole chapter, uh, chapter 2, when he spoke about the Antichrist, this world is really just leaning on the arm of the flesh. There is upheaval, there's uproar, there is chaos, there's confusion, there's fear. Whenever God is taken out of the nation, there is this under, there's no foundation. Whenever God is taken out of the home, out of the marriage, out of the, the, the children's relationships, we are, we don't have a leg to stand on. Thank God. Thank God you heard the gospel. Thank God Paul was stopped in his track by Jesus himself, and he was out destroying Christians and said, Paul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I believe God can do it again. He can do it with people you're praying for. 
I mentioned a friend that uh, called me recently that uh, basically said, I, I just, and I'm an atheist, I don't, I don't believe God, I don't believe there's a God. That way I said, he said, I can go, I can go, I can live my life the way I want to. And yeah, that, I didn't say too much. But I thought, I, I need to pray. Holy Spirit, open his eyes. The scales that Paul described to the Corinthians, there was to the nation of Israel, there are like scales. They're taking the veil is unveiled through Jesus Christ. The God of this world has blinded so many people. The God of this world is Satan. But guess what? Satan has only a few more seasons. He's retaliating. But guess what? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In the last days, he will pour out of my spirit, Joel's prophecy. Your sons and daughters shall, shall prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams. I'm going to see visions. I, I referred to a friend, a pastor friend who had a brother that had a serious accident about a... a uh, a level of a house that fell on him, crushed him, broke his face. But he's a believer. He wasn't a believer. But before a few years ago, one time his truck was under the influence. He rolled his truck and he was hurled and laying there dying. Jesus came to him because he has a praying brother. He's a praying family. He said, you can go my way and live, or you can go your way and die. And that's where he made a change. Thank God for his intervention. Thank God he gives us a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth. As many times, I believe, as we pray, I believe God, his heartbeat is to seek and to save that which is law. God, with God, all things are possible. Is there someone on your heart today? Only if they could come to Jesus. We cannot force people to Christ. The enemy, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We pray the price, so to speak. We pray the price. And so, you know, the, the, the history of Azusa Street, and some of you understand that history, and the uh, place in California where God showed up was just with a small handful of people. Started out that and ignited a fire that spread across our uh, U.S. And as a result, uh, Assemblies of God was born out of that. And as a result, Assemblies of God wanted... And for, first and foremost, to keep missions, to keep be a missionary church. And may we never lose. It's about the evangelizing of the lost. It's about reaching past ourselves. It's not just for us. It's for them. And so with God, all things are possible, abiding in him. I believe that there is a, a day coming that as Paul's letter to the 
First Thessalonians says the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. We shall forever be with the Lord. If you were living in that time under the persecution that they were going through, it was no wonder that was a comfort. And I believe the days are upon us now that many of our brothers and sisters around the world cannot wait for the second coming of the Lord to rescue them out of their persecution. But you know what? Many of them are, are, are champions willing to die for the cause of Christ. Another Philip, another Stephen. Remember Stephen? who much like Jesus himself, as he was being put to death with stones, they were stoning him for preaching the gospel. He said, do not hold this against them. Looking up to heaven, he saw the Lord standing at the right hand of God. He was ushered in to the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. God is... Getting his church ready. We are a part of that church. We are living in a day of opportunity. It's not a time for us to shrink back or to be afraid. No, we may have times where we feel afraid. Let's take it to the Lord. Let's let God be the one who takes us through the end. He will take you through every circumstance that you're living in right now, every season of life, that whatever is coming at you will never compare. Paul said it, he describes, oh, so much stuff that happened in his ministry and his life that all that stuff, just is a, just a blimp. It's just a, a short period of time. And so... I believe we're in the end times. I believe the coming of the Lord is near. I believe that we can see the signs in the news. Watching what's happening around Israel. Always watching Israel as a hub. But God is going to be faithful. Pray for Israel that the peace of God Let's pray that their eyes will be open to Jesus. See, God knows what he's doing. God will keep his word. But I believe that, that we're going to be okay. Even if it costs our lives, we're going to be okay. We're going to be with the Lord. It's not defeat. It's victory. And so the Lord himself will come with a shout, with a voice. Just imagine, what is he going to say? What is he going to shout? We don't know what he's going to shout, but maybe something like this, come up, hither. Something like that. I don't know. I can only imagine. You know what the Bible says? Every knee shall bow. You know that. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the coming in power, triumph, victory, 
Revelation describes and gives you the image. And I take it literally. I read the Bible as literal as possible. He's coming back on a white horse, representing victory, leading his church, leading his saints into victory. And the sword that is pictured is the word of God that when he speaks and he strikes the nation with a rod, he's going to bring judgment. But the church comes already beneath his judgment because of the cross. We took our sins upon himself. He made us what we ought to be. Oh, we should get maybe a little more excited about the things of God. I have a feeling some of you could shout. Amen? Something about Stirring up the gift of God. Paul described it something about stirring up the gift of God in you. How many burn wood? You do that? Or heat? I love it. If you have one coal buried in that ash, when you stir that coal and give it some air, throw a little small stuff on there, what happens? You have a fire. You have a blaze. You know, we're not dead yet. The church is maybe burned low over, you know, I'm thinking over, right now there's been a cooling. Oh, God, help us to be on fire for him. Go out with a blaze. Can you imagine? Elijah? Was it Elijah? Ready, caught up. In a whirlwind, Elijah, yeah. Elijah stood by. Elisha following after him. Grabbing his mantle. Striking the water. If the God of Elijah be upon me. This is the waters when here tither. Miraculous power. The church is not dead. Because Jesus Christ is not dead. He's alive in you. His spirit dwells in you. He's given you the wisdom right now. He's given you the understanding how to deal with your situation. God has all the resources for you how to live right now, today. Where you're at, what season are you in, what trial are you going through? God has all the resources for you. I know the Antichrist is coming, but I'm not looking for him. I'm really, I'm really not going to go try to figure out who he is. And we, we, we may or may not ever, uh, you know, We'll, we'll someday know who it is, but it's like, don't let that distract you. We know that, but we're looking for Jesus Christ to come. We're looking for the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's coming back for a church. He's coming back for those who are his. And so acting like him, that's really my third point. The first point was abiding in him. Secondly, looking for him. Thirdly, acting like him, becoming like him. All those who has this hope, everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself. What I what is it? What is it 
What's wrong with this attitude? How much sin can I do, Lord, to get to heaven? What's, what's wrong with that attitude? That's a kind of a cool, cold, casual, not pursuing God. That's a fire insurance salvation. I don't want to go there. God has raised us up. He's clothed us. He's what a garment of praise. He's given you a, going to give you a robe someday, but even now that robe is on you. You are his. He sealed you with the Holy Spirit. Your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, it says. Thank God. Purify yourself. What does that mean? Every day is a battle. We know the arm of the flesh. Jesus said, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Every day we're tempted to sin, perhaps, or we know that's not right. First John, if anyone sins, confess your sin. He's faithful and righteous. Then he, before they said, if you have fellowship with him, you walk with him, you have fellowship. In other words, sin ought to bother me. Thank God when it does. Conviction of the Holy Spirit is what helps us get on, right, on the right path. Guess what? He doesn't let you. He doesn't let you go very easily. And we, we have a will. We can run from God. We can turn from God. We can say no to God. And you say, well, okay. Guess what? He will do everything he can, especially if you have a church that's praying. Amen? What is it that we have that, the world doesn't have. What is it that we have the world doesn't have? We have a hope. I can't imagine living without the hope of heaven. Can't imagine. Oh, it's easy to take for granted, though. Isn't it? Sometimes, well, we've heard this over and over and over and over. But let us be. Not caught off guard. Your heart, as you close your heart with God for a moment, if he were to shine his light upon you as he does, would there be an area in your life you would feel, feel a bit ashamed? The best thing to do for that is to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I need help in this area of my life. I need struggle over there. I struggle with this. It, it, I, I have a hard time making progress. Guess what? Every one of us, in some way, we struggle with things. But Lord, we call in your name right now, Jesus. Purify us. Cleanse our hearts. We confess even our sins. As, we, as your word says to do that, you are faithful and just to forgive us. And Lord, all those who believe on you will be saved. But there, there's another step which, which your scripture talks about it, that we will allow you to become our Lord. In other words, you are the one who's in charge. And we want that. We desire that you will lead us. And you will lead us in, you will lead us out. That you are for your church. That God, that we pray for people in our lives that who are struggling. And we pray that you'll help us to be encouragements. 
Help us to lead. Help us to be what we need to be. Purify us, oh God. As the psalmist prayed, create in me a clean heart. We look to you. It's not our right. It's not our good works. It's by your grace you're saved. So I pray for anyone here today even that needs that assurance. They would simply say, Jesus, come into my heart and make me what I ought to be. Wash away my sins. Make me ready for your heaven. I want to be ready. You pray that prayer. You pray that in your heart. And sometimes it's maybe when you go home at night, before you go to sleep at night tonight, pray that prayer. Jesus created me a clean heart. Make me what I ought to be. Be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen.